This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We've had 11 murder death kills so far. You see, we have become a society of peace, loving, and, and understanding, and we are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with this situation. There have been no deaths of unnatural causes in San Angeles in the last 16 years. <sighs> the Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, San Diego Metroplex were merged in 2011. You are in the center of what used to be Los Angeles. Yes, of course, right away. What's a, a Marlboro? Just cigarette, any cigarette. Uh, smoking is not good for you. It has been deemed that anything not good for you is bad. Hence, illegal. Alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, meat. Are you shitting me? John Spock, you are fined one critic for a violation of the verbal morality statute. What the hell is that? John Spartan, you are fined one critic. Bad language, chocolate, gasoline, uneducational toys, and anything spicy. Abortion is also illegal, but then again, so is pregnancy if you don't have a license. Caveman, let's finish with all the Rip Van Winkle and get moving. Our Mr. Phoenix has risen from the ashes. Uh-huh. I tracked that dirt bag for two years, and when I finally bring him down, you turn me into an ice cube for my trouble. Thanks, but no thanks. The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Or, you can go back into cryostasis. Not many people get a second chance, John Spartan. I'm John. And that was Gregory Bird doing our intro as always. And the Smashing Zucchinis, I'm going to go ahead and call it. Yeah. Uh, that one's probably <laughs> going to be the winner. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we know what you're thinking. We are doing Demolition Man. Yeah. But before we get going, I know you're like, but what about Demolition Woman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> who could be like if you let's just say just like theoretically if you're gonna recast this or let's say you're gonna do a reboot of this movie you're gonna reimagine it and you're well, gonna have I, a I female know lead exactly who I'd get to be Wesley Snipes female counterpart but you're gonna have to say her name we talked about this before um oh okay yeah um so Simon Phoenix would would basically be like. Like, well, like, Simona Phoenix. <laughs> Simona Phoenix sounds yeah. fine, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then it would, or, like, Simone Phoenix, and then it would be, uh, it'd be, uh, what, Denai Guerrera? Yeah. From, uh... Exactly like he said it. Yeah. I think that's right. He looked it up from Jimmy Kimmel, so he was more qualified... <laughs> yeah. ...than I was. And then the John Spartan role would have to go to Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you did like it, just like we're just gonna do like all chicks, and then and then Lenina Huxley would be like Leon Huxley, and it would be a dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman, <laughs> because you know you need him to be like the eye candy of the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so based, so this is gonna be the same people who did the Ghostbusters. Yeah, movie? it's gonna be the exact same oh, people. Oh, okay. You see how this shit doesn't work? <laughs> but I would watch that. 
No, seriously, if it was like Ronda Rousey and uh, Denai Guerrero doing that, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Because she's awesome as Michonne. Yeah, and uh, General Okoye. General and, uh, Okoye. Black Panther. Black Panther, yep. Because oh. this is still Black History Month, even though it's technically not. <laughs> it's not, <But> because <laughs> the Illuminati. Uh, <laughs> the Illuminati fucking with us. You know the Illuminati don't like black people. They try to shut us down. Right. We're, we're not. We're not black, but we were. Yeah. You know, you know um, what we're trying to say. But we like black people, so <laughs> yeah. to them, that's almost the same yeah, shit. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, when we were thinking about doing Demolition Man, it came up because we were thinking about movies that had Wesley Snipes in it. And so we, we were like, well, we're going to do Blade. And then our second idea was, well, what do we do for, like, maybe another movie that has like a strong like kind of a main black character and then we just kind of came across demolition man because it's like it's kind of funny how it works because blade is probably the movie that wesley is the most well-known for well known for for being like a good guy or an anti-hero yeah, simon not phoenix 57? yeah <laughs> uh, it was pretty good in that too but um that one would be another good one yeah but th- as far as like villain characters Besides, like, New Jack City, this is probably, like, one of the best villain characters oh, this, that he did. this is the best. Simon Phoenix is an amazing character. So much so that it actually changed Dennis Rodman's life. Yes, because Dennis Rodman, <laughs> he, he dyed his hair because of Simon Phoenix. He even does this movie in his career called Simon Says. Mm-hmm. Not spelled like how you're supposed to spell it. It's like S-E-Z. Yeah, some, some ridiculous way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he even started kind of acting like Simon Phoenix. So Yeah, because his attitude changed at a point in the 90s. And it was a point right after this movie. He right. was like, that's who I want to be. And Dennis Rodman didn't know, but Wesley Snipes hated having his hair dyed like that. Yeah. So, basically, what we seen was he, he liked the haircut, but he didn't like the blonde hair, so he used the haircut and blade. Right. <laughs> it's one of those things where you can imagine Wesley's on set like... It's like, okay, so Simon has to have his hair blonde. Okay, so I'm just going to have to have it dyed, huh? It's like, yeah, yeah, Wesley, we're just going to dye your hair. And then and then they do it, and he's like, God, like, I just, I really don't like this. Like, this, like, I like how y'all cut it. Like, you guys cut it really fresh. Like, I like how it's kind of cut like this. And then I have, like, a kind of a flat top thing going across the front. Like, I, I dig how you cut it, but the blonde kind of pisses me off. It's like, well, just deal with it, you know, Wesley. And then, like, after he did the movie, he shaved his head bald just to get rid of it. Because he's yeah. like, I don't want it to look like this, and I'll just let it grow back. And then later on, he uses the exact same haircut when he's Blade. Because you can, you can literally, if you guys ever have the freeze spare time, it. freeze frame it when Simon Phoenix is at the terminal. Uh, trying to get information, and he like he like boots the guy off. That's you know uh, he's like he's getting self help from the machine, and Simon kind of like kicks him off the machine, and then he's like getting you know, he's like getting information on where Edgar Friendly is and where he can get weapons and like just information that he needs to know to start doing what he's trying to do. Right. And when you when he's at that terminal, you can freeze frame, and you're like, that's the same fucking hair from Blade. <laughs> <laughs> he probably they're probably like Wesley. How do you want your hair cut as Blade? And he's like, I want it to look like this, but none of that blonde shit. <laughs> but like, cool. We'll throw some tattoos in it, and we'll be rocking and rolling. Yeah. Uh, before we get going, uh, the beer of the day is Crazy Mountains. Um, 
Horseshoes and hand grenades. Horseshoes and hand grenades. We gave it a 1.5 stars because it does taste like horseshoes and hand grenades in your mouth. You're right. Uh, 6% well, <laughs> alcohol. Because um, the saying is is that, like, you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Yeah. They were close to making a good beer and they fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so they, they knew this and they titled it correctly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Not getting sponsored by these guys anytime soon. No, uh, but we're one of those people that are going to tell you the truth about things, not just trying to sell you some shit. Yeah, if something tastes um, like like ass water, or that's what we're going to tell you it tastes we like. We would rather sponsor you guys, and you can email us at beyondthehateatyahoo.com, and we'll tell you how that's possible. Right. People, not, not a, not a uh, business or a corporation, unless you're trying to start a business, then we'll talk to you. Yeah. But we're not going to sponsor celebrity podcasts. We're not even going to sponsor uh, HelloFresh or Blue Apron or whatever those things are because we can't afford MeUndies. MeUndies. <laughs> yeah. We can't afford any of that shit. We're not going to tell you to do it. Right. If you want to cook good food, just look up a recipe on your phone and go get it. Don't be lazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be cheaper. Don't listen to the Blue Apron thing. It's going to be cheaper just to go buy it. The only, the only and, and we're not, and we're not here to like to talk shit about Blue no, Apron. I'm not, but the only thing about Blue Apron really that makes it different is that it's convenient because they send the stuff to you. But it's like if you have to have meals sent to you, then you still have to like cook it. But I mean, well, just go and get your own ingredients. Like look up a recipe, see what stuff you need. Go to your local grocery store, whatever you do, and then just just get that stuff. Yeah, this is this is apparently for people that buy their dinner like daily instead of planning out for a week. Right. That's what this is for. Yeah. So if you do daily food, then I yeah, guess. maybe you might be into this, but you know we're not gonna bash them. But I'm just no. gonna say that's not who we want to sponsor. We want to sponsor you. Yeah. Uh, and and not Jimmy the Dick Man Jones. That no, we we messed that up. But if you that was a, if that you was want an advertisement up. done in your name in the Jimmy the Dick Man fashion, we can make that happen also. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't we all strive to be Jimmy the Dick Man like? <laughs> yes. To die by Brian Cushing's hands. Yeah. Um. The original cast of this movie was supposed to be Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. But neither wanted to play the villain. <laughs> they, they, doesn't they, that just make complete sense? That they're yeah. like, no, I don't want to be the... It's the guy's like, I don't want to be the bad guy. I want to be the good guy. And then and then they show it to Van Damme and he's like... Well, I'm I not going to be the bad guy. I'm not going to be the bad guy. <laughs> what? I'm not, no, I'm not going to be Phoenix. No. I need to be Spartan. And it's like... Well, by the uh, way, Jean-Claude Van Damme would have made an awesome Phoenix. Seagal would have made an awesome... Rob Schneider. <laughs> no, if yeah, if they would have had him be the operator guy, the Rob Schneider's character, I would have been like, "This Steven Seagal, he does a good job in this movie. Seagal does good in this He's movie. He's the operator, right? <laughs> He's doing a good job, man. Good for you. Yeah, neither one of them wanted to play the bad guy, and then when Stallone was cast, he actually wanted his good friend Jackie Chan to be the bad guy, but Jackie Chan refused also because. Uh, he said, you know, in, in China, they don't like for their heroes to play villains. Yeah. So that's why he refused. He that's why Jet usually doesn't play villains much either. Yeah. 
But that does also that makes sense why there's that line where he was like, "Where'd you learn how to do that, Huxley?" And she's like, "Jackie Chan movies." And he's yeah. like, "Ah, oh, that makes sense." That's where that line comes from, apparently. Yes, and the title of this movie in Kuwait was actually Rambo the Destroyer. <laughs> because they knew about Rambo, but really nothing else about American culture, so they titled it that to try to sell it to Kuwait. <laughs> right. Um, wow. Jack Black makes an appearance in this movie. Jack another, Black Another movie that Jack Black makes a random, nearly unseen appearance okay so i don't i don't remember him in this movie where is he he was one of the uh wasteland scraps you'd see him standing behind dennis leary really yes oh shut up the freeze frame that now he's an extra so he's not <laughs> he's not anything important he's just an extra but the jack black is in this movie he's got to get paid <laughs> so he can fund the kyle gas project yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they were at this point right yeah that was a true story right I'm over here, like, standing behind Dennis Leary, but that's that's the price i got to pay to get big in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> to be the greatest band in the world. Yeah. Uh, the budget for this movie was $57 million and it made $159 million, so very That's successful. pretty good, yeah. 1993? Three? 1993. Yes. Um, there was a plagiarism claim uh, from writer Asfan Namir. <laughs> wait how is that wait how does that look you're gonna be able to say it i'm not the name guy where uh where is it there it is right there istvan namir yeah i said it pretty right istvan istvan yeah yeah um holtak close enough holtak harka was the name of the book fight of the dead which is what it's translated to and 75 percent of the movie was exactly like uh namir's Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, for almost basically page for page. Oh, wow. Um, but he decided not to sue. Was it because he figured that they would probably just lawyer him out of that? And oh, yeah, they definitely would have. He wouldn't have got any. 75%? Psst. I mean, all they would have had to do is just be like, okay, we'll just we'll give you a few million, few million dollars and yeah, just it say it's an adaptation. Yeah, made settle that. But he, yeah. I guess he just decided not to pursue it. Maybe because he just wanted them to, like, he just wanted people to see his book. So it's taken from this and another thing. Yeah, the other one, and it's kind of a little Easter egg, is that Lenina Huxley is named Huxley because it's a reference to Aldous Huxley, who did a, a novel back in, was it 32? I think it was 32. 1932. And it was a, a book called Brave New World. And it's got uh, things in here, which is reproductive technology, uh, which is mentioned in the movie as far as like, you know, how they basically, you know, they have babies in laboratories in their right. universe. Uh, sleep learning, which is basically how Simon learns all the crazy shit he learns. And then that's right. how Spartan learns how to knit because they, and they, they have like training routines they give them during the cryo sleep. Uh, uh, psychological manipulation, which is basically what Cocteau does to the entire population. And then classical conditioning, which is part of that as well. It's behavioral right. conditioning. And so they borrowed some of the ideas from this. It's a science fiction novel. And so uh, they named Lenina Huxley as a tribute to Aldous Huxley, who wrote that novel. And what's the thing that this movie actually got right about our current time? Uh, is that all of them? Or are there more things that this movie... Oh, no. There's a bunch of like things. And there, there's a comment that somebody makes. So... When we're we gonna start, save that. We're gonna save that for that comment. Okay. Yeah, because I I have an entire list 
of things that is very interesting about this movie. Um, but we're going to get into that. I have like a whole thing for that uh, once we get to that comment. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I think it's, it's interesting because this movie, considering that it's just it's like a one off movie. But yet it has so many things about it that is like influential. Because you can even look at something like Fifth Element and see that perhaps maybe they took a few things from this movie to put into Fifth Element. Because when you think about it, Ruby Rod is kind of similar in a way to Simon Phoenix. Now he's not a psychopath and like a murderer and a drug dealer and all that stuff. But well, like the blonde on, hair on. and... Is he... Ruby Rod is a psychopath. Right, he's just kinda. a different kind of psycho. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a little bit of a. I guess you could maybe like, like a sociopath, maybe sociopath. He's, he's some type of path. Right. That dude's fucked up. Right. One thing that the future always shows us is that the future is fucked up. Right. Yeah. Every futuristic movie, there's never anything good that happens in the future. Blade yeah. Runner. Yeah. That's true. That's not great. I mean, Demolition Man, Fifth Element, was it like AI? What I mean, it's all usually like apocalyptic or some crazy shit's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Total Recall. Total Recall. That's fucked up. Right. Because <laughs> I mean, you basically take a vacation in virtual reality in that movie. Well, I mean, that was adopted from a Philip K. Dick novel, but, you know. Yeah, that guy was a dick. Do you think his name should have been Philip K. Richard? And he's just Philip like, K. Richard, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, oh, just Philip K. Dick. <laughs> this dick. This dude's a dick. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, hell, they took an entire like thing of his novels and turned into what an Amazon series. Because isn't that what? Uh, it's not not uh, not altered. It's uh, Electric Dreams. Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams on uh, Amazon. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, science fiction's like all over the place, but. The thing is, it's usually is that, always bad though. That's the bad thing about the yeah. future and stories because they're like I robot. Yeah, why hasn't some of this stuff that we read about in books twenty, thirty years ago happened? Because they're probably like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you just see that movie? Let's slow the fuck. Everything up. was fucked up. <laughs> the Matrix. The Matrix. I mean, humanity's pretty much extinct at this point in the Matrix. We need to slow down. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But uh, so. The thing is, is that like this is this is one of those movies that I've always loved since I was a kid because I used to have this on VHS, and I lo- watched the shit out of this movie. This was, I don't think this was the first Wesley Snipes movie that I watched, but it was one of the first. I can't remember the f- the first one I probably saw was New Jack City. The only bad thing about this movie is is the reason that Judge Dredd happened. <laughs> Wait, which one are we talking about no, here? We're talking about we're not talking about Dredd with Carl Urban. We're talking about Judge Dredd. Oh. With Stallone and Rob Snyder. Because both of those guys ended up going to Judge Dredd and being in that movie from this movie. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Well, hey, you know, out of that out of that pairing, at least we got Demolition Man. We we at least got one movie out of the two. Yeah. Now Wesley <laughs> Snipes was in Judge Dredd. He probably still wouldn't have been that good, but at least we would have seen <laughs> That movie wasn't really that good. You, we'll, we'll never do that movie because we can't defend that. I don't now, hate it, but I'm not going to defend it either. Yeah, we're not going to spend time defending that movie. Now, if, somebody, if I find that somebody talks shit about the Carl Urban dread, 
those are fighting words. Yeah. Because we that. would fucking totally do that one. Because I didn't have a whole lot of hope for that movie. And then Steve was like, no, no, it's like really fucking good. You need to see it. And I was I, like... I make people watch movies they don't want to see. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, if you vouch for it, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's got like Lena Headey as the villain. It's like really good. Uh, the the girl that plays the rookie, uh, Olivia Thirlby. Yeah, she's like, awesome. She's really... Super hot. She's really hot and she's like a really good like in that role you know as like a young like rookie cop working with dread and she has like the mental powers mm-hmm. and everything like you know she's actually pretty cool in that movie and she's actually really cute too in that outfit so yeah that helps <laughs> but uh this movie has uh somebody who's really cute in an outfit too sandra bullock yes this is before speed so this is like this is really kind of like one of the big movies that kind of got her known. We got her in a movie with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, and I mean, once you work with Keanu, I think you're you've made it. You know, she she was set. Right. Then she could go on to make The Blind Side. Right, and then win an Oscar and become America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck Miss Congeniality. She's fifty three years old. She's fifty three years old. Like, look at her. She still <laughs> looks like she did back in the nineties, which is crazy. Uh, oh, and another thing too. Since we're talking about Sandra Bullock and she's in this movie, and this is you know still kind of like tying into Black History Month a little bit here because we're because she's black because we're covering Wesley. No, no, her <laughs> kids are black. Right. She right. has two adopted kids that are black, and right. they uh, she like cried when she watched Black Panther because she was like, "This is something that my kids really have enjoyed because of how it portrays black people." You know. Yeah, I didn't. I did, actually didn't know that. Because I was like reading. I was reading a thing where you know, because I was just looking up stuff about Sandra Bullock, and it was mentioning how she like really appreciated Black Panther because of how the characters are in the movie, and she was like, I was really happy to show this to my kids because they responded to it so well, you know. And then I was like. And I looked at it, and, and then once I researched it, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that her kids were actually black. Like, she has two adopted kids that are black. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that till I was doing this. Already have Black Panther on pre-order? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's a good movie. It's one of those ones we'll have to we'll have to, uh, to, to watch repeatedly. I don't know if we'll end up having to do an episode of, of Beyond the Hate about it, because most everybody in the world no. loves this movie. If we do it, it's just because we're like, you know what, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. This <laughs> is our show, we do what we want. Right, yeah. Yeah, we have no, we have no boss. We, we, we basically, we're just fending for ourselves, you know. Like I said, uh, you could be our sponsors, but, you know, that that's... We're still not gonna change the show. <laughs> we'll just involve you. Yeah, we'll just we'll give you a shout out because you gave us some money. You know, yeah, <laughs> you're right. It'll but go to better beer than horseshoes and hand grenades by yeah. Crazy Mountain. Don't drink this shit. <laughs> I think I think Steve's still drinking it because he hates part of himself. <laughs> I do. I want part of I my soul to die. I want to see how bitter my mouth can get before I just start screaming. Right, yeah. Well, you got uh, what three more to go there? So three more to go. Let's see if I can make it through. Y'all, y'all help me count. Let's see if I can get it. <laughs> yeah. This uh, is this one in three more, not just three, three more. Yeah, he's got half of this one to go in three more, because I won't touch the rest of them. I drank one and I'm good. Uh, I'm throwing in the towel because I, you know, it's like UFC. I know my limits. Yeah, I'm my gonna try to get broke. through this. Come on, guys. <laughs> hip hip. Uh, don't encourage him, people. Don't encourage him. 
But speaking of doing things that you hate, right? Like drinking that beer. Um, mm-hmm. People love going on IMDb and hating on shit. Oh, yeah. So guess what we Hatest. found? We found hate on Demolition Man. <laughs> I wasn't sure that there was going to be some, but there, there is some hate for this. And it's, You wasn't sure? Yeah, I wasn't sure there was going to be hate for this because I was I was assuming that like most people generally would like this and the hate comments would be you know few and far between. Now there's some people that love this movie, and then there's some people that just outright like hate this movie. So the first one that I found was interesting because I'm never it's short. Surprised. I, I think God could come down right now on the earth and he'd be like, "You're all forgiven. You can get into heaven as long as you just like hug me or something." And the guy's like, "No, I'm not really." sure about that hug i'm going all yeah around. fuck I'm you bitch. liberal <laughs> yeah. fuck you hippie fuck you hippie i'm not hugging you trying yeah. to manipulate me into getting to heaven fuck you yeah. <laughs> illuminati bullshit yeah. the guy's like ah oh, jesus can't oh my god i'm these in people it. i'm in it fuck this <laughs> look social justice is not in everything man sometimes things are just like you know this isn't the political podcast but god you know there would be some people that would do that i mean you know but anyway, uh, so Demolition Man, uh, the first comment, this one uh, is a 2 out of 10, and they said, you're looking at the wrong movie. And I was like, what the hell? So then when I read further, it's only about a paragraph, so it's actually a short comment. But this Good. is this is made by Amar, and uh, this is January of 2001. And it says, go rent Virtuosity instead. <laughs> Almost exactly the same Hold on, hold on, period. (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) You gotta let me finish, because this this just gets more retarded as it goes. That's Um, what she said. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Almost exactly the same plot, but presented with better acting and more plausibility. There's no satire or political commentary in this movie, Satirists need to understand their material. The society presented here is so implausible that it projects the current trends with all the deep comprehension of a third grader. The producers are hoping no one will really think about the horrid dialogue, but some of us just can't help it. If you are incapable of shutting your brain completely down for an action flick like this, you have, uh, you'd have a much more enjoyable time looking at a virtuosity. So... <laughs> Okay, looking up virtuosity. <laughs> yeah, let's look that up since this guy's recommending it. You know? I've seen this, but I, I'm I'm just gonna look it up. It does have Denzel and R- Russell Crowe, and uh, you know a bunch of yeah. That's basically that's basically the guy. So let's see. Um, what are things that matter? Let's say, okay, budget was thirty million, made twenty four million. <laughs> Lost six million dollars right there. Yep. So virtuosity is uh, okay, better let's, apparently. Let's, okay. Let's see. When a virtual reality, like I said, I've seen this before. So this is what the this is the synopsis. Yeah. When a virtual reality simulation created using the personalities of a multi multiple serial killers manages to escape in real world, and an ex cop is tasked with stopping its reign of terror. Does a computer simulation that creates Someone with the personality of multiple serial killers, not just one person, multiple of them, in one body, sound like Demolition Man. No. The only part that is similar is using a cop cop to chase them. To to go after. You know how many other movies uses a cop to chase something crazy? Like, a thousand. Right, yeah. 
that's a kind of a common sort of thing is that if you, you know, and Stallone even says at the beginning of the movie, you know, it's a, you know, send a maniac to catch a maniac. Yeah. You know, like they've, he, they've done this before. Right. Denzel's actually done multiple movies where he was an ex-cop. Yeah. And had to go chase people. Mm-hmm. So that's not even weird for Denzel. And the movie's okay, but this was really before Russell Crowe was very good at acting. You know, he was just kind of okay at this point. Mm-hmm. He was still trying to be, like, wild and crazy and stuff. Because Virtuosity, what year was that? Virtuosity was... 1995. 95. So years. he hadn't done Gladiator yet. He hadn't done Master and Commander. Well, it's also two years after Demolition Man. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so if anything, Virtuosity <laughs> might have taken some of their idea from Demolition Man. Yeah. And this guy's like, no, but they did it better. It's like, really? Which one made more money? Demolition Man made a hell of a lot more money because Virtuosity say, didn't make money. <laughs> if you want to say that... It lost virtuosity might have had better actors in it then i might listen but i I still might not even agree with you sandra bullock was in this fucking movie and Mm -hmm. wesley snipes i mean sloan's like a good action actor but wesley he can act and sandra bullock's won an oscar Mm -hmm. so i mean denzel's won an oscar i think russell crowe might have won one uh for gladiator didn't he did he win one from Gladiator? I think he did win one from know. Gladiator. I don't I, know. I'll actually listen to you people because I'm not going to look it up. Beyondtheheyoutyali.com. Y'all let us know if Russell Crowe's ever won an Oscar. But he wasn't that great yet. I'm not saying he was bad, but he wasn't that great of an actor yet at this point mm-hmm. in his career. And Denzel is good in this movie, but he's not great because he's trying to act in type the, the realm of sci-fi. And that's something he's not really good at. That's not his thing. Yeah. Uh, was probably the most sci-fi thing that he's done, Book of Eli, maybe. Yeah, he's awesome in that. And that's not really... I mean, that's got some... Like, sci-fi Post-apocalyptic type yeah, it's stuff. It's post-apocalyptic. Like, it's really done in kind of a Western style. Yeah, like, anytime, it really does. Yeah, anytime feel. you have, like, showdowns and, you know, Gary Oldman... Actually, props to Gary Oldman. He just won the Oscar. Um, yeah, so did, so did Kobe Bryant. <laughs> yeah, Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. <laughs> so apparently everybody can now. Who, who thought, you know... Steve Day from uh, <laughs> from the Mallrats. Kevin Smith universe. Yeah, yeah. Mallrats. He he wanted to uh, tell him Steve Dave. Tell him Steve Dave. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, anyway, <laughs> I was just I had to save that because I was like, really, virtuosity? Like, this is two thousand one. So he's you know that's like six years after he'd seen Virtuosity. He's like, eh, Demolition Man. It's not as good as Virtuosity though. Go watch Virtuosity. It's a much better version. This, of this is movie. really him advertising Virtuosity and not really yeah. talking about Demolition. Man. Exactly. That was one of the reasons <laughs> I saved it because I'm like, there's no substance there. Yeah, he doesn't really say why he doesn't like Demolition Man. He's just like, watch Virtuosity. Like he has no friends to say like, hey, you want to come over and watch? Have you ever seen Virtuosity? It's no, really good, come man. Come over and watch it. He has to tell like everybody on IMDb, look, Demolition Man sucked. Watch Virtuosity instead. <laughs> look, we get it. They're both good movies, but right, you don't have to bash one to get people to like the other. <laughs> Oh God! I always, always love it when I have comments when somebody's like, "No, this movie was shit." But watch this other movie because it was much better. With the exact same plot, also, by the way. That one of the yeah. things that always, you, which these two don't have the same plot. They just both have a cop in it, mm-hmm. and they're science fiction. That's the only thing. Chasing they after a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like, oh well, uh, 
you like Demolition Man, well, then you'll love Seven. That doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with the other, you know? <laughs> just cops are in it. You can't, you can't just pull shit out of your ass like that and just <laughs> expect, expect people to be like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Virtuosity was better. You don't have to compare them or pick one. You don't. No. Just like you don't have to pick Marvel versus DC. You don't have to pick either one. Just make a good fucking movie and we'll watch it. Right. <laughs> Which DC's been kind of losing at that, I think. Uh, just since we're just randomly talking about this now. D- I think DC, I think the problem with DC... DC should stick to animated films and continue to kick Marvel's ass in that nature. And then just... Leave the movies to Marvel. Or just just hire Christopher Nolan for all of your universe. Yeah. <laughs> like he'll, seriously. He'll do it with enough money. Mm-hmm. Look at what we did with what he look at what he did with Batman. Yeah. I that mean was awesome. but You you can't beat Marvel at action. You can beat Marvel at darkness and uh slow like detective work and stuff like that. You're not gonna beat Marvel at action. No. You just can't. They have the heroes built for action. You have the the heroes built for detective comics. That's what DC stands for, not action comics. Yeah. Do your fucking thing. Yeah. And the <laughs> the, other, the other thing too, uh, just like quickly before we get back to Demolition Man, I think the thing with DC is that they try to copy Marvel too much because they're like, oh, you've got like a group of like uh, misfits. And like weirdos, we can do a movie like that too. Suicide Squad, let's do this. And then you compare Suicide Squad to Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's laughable. It really is. Because there's no way. I and mean, I like Suicide Squad to a point. None of the scenes. Up the to Joker, the point until Joker shows up. But I like everything <laughs> with Will Smith in it, and Mar- Margot Robbie is pretty awesome, and Harley Quinn. Yeah. And Joel Joel Kinnaman is awesome. Rick Flag. Rick Flag. Yeah. Like they had a, they had a, yeah, yeah. I mean, Will Smith. This is, I mean, he's really one of the few things in that movie that really makes you go like, oh yeah, this is actually pretty good. The and, scene where he's shooting people in the car or whatever. Yeah, badass scene. Yeah, and then Cara Delevingne as the Enchantress. Yeah, you know. it's, all, it's cool to see her. Yeah, she's also she just has like a really weird look too, and it's like I don't know. It like, works for a witch. Yeah, like she has like kind of like I guess because she has like weird eyes. But it's like, she looks gorgeous, it's just she has this, like, very unique look, and it works as Enchantress, yes. like, really well. Like, her with the makeup and stuff, like, she's, like, perfect for that role. Um, she's awesome. I mean, it's it's just one of those things, and I, I like DC's standalone movies that they've been doing recently, but they're, like, watch Justice League, and it wasn't bad. But Wonder Woman was, like, barely a part of it, and Batman really wasn't either, and... Really, none of them seem like they're a big part of it. It's just them waiting for Superman to come back. <laughs> Pretty much what the movie felt like to me. So it should have just been called Waiting for Superman? <laughs> yeah, Justice... Just kidding, we're waiting for Superman. Yeah. And then, because, I mean, basically, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I mean, I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but it's them, like, getting their ass kicked the whole movie, then Superman shows back up and saves the day. It's basically, like didn't even have to be a movie they, they could have made this a digital short yeah superman's like boom boom yeah it's like i'm back all right boom 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 i win man of steel 2 let's do this <laughs> man um, of steel <laughs> man of steel is an actually good movie and uh, if you if you argue with me that's not the plot to justice league then you're an idiot and i like the guy that plays the flash and aquaman's pretty cool yeah the cyborg guy actually was pretty decent you know ben affleck he was there 
See, I, I, I'm probably not going to watch Justice League. I just, I, I just, I really don't care about it. I watched it on the phone. The only one of these I'm probably going to watch is if they make another Man of Steel. I'll watch that. But I really. The Wonder don't. Woman movie was pretty cool. I'll probably eventually watch Wonder Woman. It's, you know, Chris Pine's in it, too. Yeah. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk? <laughs> but anyway, back to Demolition Man. Um, no, 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 no. We're going to talk about. I'm just kidding. Let's go. No, it's actually funny because they made a comic book adaptation of this movie. I don't know if you knew yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's that's how it ties into comics. That's how it, see, we did that shit see, on purpose. See, it was, yeah, perfect segue. Full circle. Yep, everything makes sense. Um, so this this next comment, uh, they give it a 1 out of 10, and it says, leave brain at door. That's what you did. So, yeah, that person left education at the door because <laughs> they... Uh, but So, this is uh, made by Josh. and uh, Josh. Josh, what an asshole. Uh, this is uh, November of 2002. And it says, The script for this movie is so bad it's terrifying. The corny high fives place this movie right into the bad B-movie category and is the reason why Stallone's movie career ended. <laughs> oh well, it's still going. <laughs> it's, uh, also, the corny... currently 2018, and he was, you know, just in the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, last year. So he's been making Expendables every few years. Yeah, he's he's in the Creed movies as Rocky still. Yeah. What are you doing with your life, Josh? Yeah, what have you been doing since 2002? Stallone has <laughs> been making money, making movies. Getting pussy, like whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. been living his life. He's an Italian stout. Yeah, and you've been fucking around on IMDb talking about Sylvester Stallone. Hanging out with Arnold, then making an escape plan together. Right. Cool movie. But it says, uh, the corny high fives place this movie right into the bad B movie category. And I'm like, you do realize that the reason they high five like that is because that's their greeting. They don't have physical contact. Yeah, that guy right probably here. didn't even notice. They just did like they do kind of like a sort of like a force field thing where like they can't touch each in other. Movies, especially futuristic movies that took place in the '90s, always had some type of weird thing that they each wanted to add mm-hmm. that was going to be standard in the future, you know. And that that's just how they decided to go with Demolition Man, like the um, uh, screenwriter of Demolition Man actually. Um, was trying to figure out some weird stuff to put in it, and he actually calls one of his friends and says, uh, I need something for how we use the bathroom in the future. And his friend was actually just so happened to be using the bathroom, and he's like, I see some seashells, and he's like, great, I'll use it. (laughs) That's as much thought as he put into it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the people to this day, like, I was when I was, like, looking up some stuff on Sandra Bullock, and uh, they, she was at the premiere of uh, Gravity, and somebody on the red carpet was like, "Okay, so seriously, how do you use the three seashells?" And she's like, "I have no clue." <laughs> <laughs> so Sylvester Stallone, in an interview, he was asked, "Okay, so what the fuck is with the three seashells?" And he's like, "Okay, basically the way it was explained to him was you take two of them and you put them together." And they clamp, and you you basically, like, you grab the turd with two of them and pull the turd, and then with the third one, you wipe the remnants off of your asshole. 
<laughs> I think somebody was just fucking with Salon. I think <laughs> that somebody's told Sylvester that, and he was just like, you know what, it sounds good. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say that's... Go away from it! Right. Um, but, uh, so it continues on. It says, oh, it's painful. Even watching Snipes is painful. The dialogue is awful, makes little sense or logic, has zero in the way of originality, is just, is just another bad guy escapes and hero needs to be brought in to save the day film. This isn't really sci-fi, just a bad flick. Not even worth a rental. Oh, <laughs> you know what? It, and also, uh... Zero in the way of originality. This is, this is, I mean, this is original. It took from two original books to make right. this movie. Right. And that is double original. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If a 90s action film wants to be just a bad guy escapes and a good guy needs to stop him, then so fucking what? I mean, you could even say that that's like, I guess maybe roughly the, the story of like Escape from New York. You know, it's like you have the, the president... You know, he ba- like his Air Force One goes down over top of Manhattan Island, which is a prison facility now. What if that Air Force One had Harrison Ford on it? It wouldn't have went down. It wouldn't have went down. Get off my plane. Get off my plane. <laughs> yes! Harrison Ford, Kurt Russell, let's do a movie together. But the whole thing about, <laughs> right, this says like this isn't really sci-fi, just a bad movie. It's like, then what the hell do you gauge as sci-fi? Like, they don't continue on because that's the end of their quote. Sci-fi is best explained as science fiction. Science fiction. It is. This is you a fiction say, that has a lot of science in it. You can't say, like, that's not really sci-fi. Just how you can just, like, look at a math problem. And even though you can't solve it, you can't say, that's not math. It's still math. You're just stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. It says, uh, four, uh, this next one is a four out of ten, and it says, laughably bad. And this is made by Terrell Howell. But it still gets a four? It's it's a four out of ten. So it's like just about average. It's almost 50%. And he's like, uh, I laugh at so bad. (laughs) This is laughably bad. Uh, This is December of 2010. So, you know, about eight years ago. So He's going to use a lot of words in this that probably almost rhyme. Probably a lot of commas. Uh, I'm just guessing. This guy, this guy wants to be. He wants to be a critic. Look, look at this comment though. It's like, uh, let's see, there's uh, one, two, three, four paragraphs long. Jesus. He basically started an essay. I'm not gonna read all of it because it's actually quite lengthy. But there's some good stuff in here. Uh, and so the first paragraph it says, "Let Is me." Is that Terrence Howard? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is Terrell Howell. And this uh, was 2010. 2010. So he he wrote a comment about Demolition Man in December of 2010. Yeah, I have one in here that's newer than that. I think I have one from 2017, actually. Fucking millennials. <laughs> right. So yeah, it says, "Let me start off by saying that this movie is terrible. It is absolutely awful. It is moronic, silly, and ridiculous." Oh, uh, you see there you go with the comments. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, yeah. It is the kind of movie I would expect to come from the likes of Michael Bay or Uwe Boll. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's another oh, reason okay. I saved this because they started talking shit about Uwe Bull. My this movie does not have a side love story that has nothing to do with the main story in it, like Michael Bay. No. And two, it's not shit like Uwe Bull. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> At least shit is actually useful because it can fertilize the ground. Uve Bowl can't even do that. Yeah, I would like <laughs> to say I was beyond the hate on Uve Bowl, but this is just not going to happen. Uh, His movies are a tax dodge. He's not a serious director. No, he's just, yeah, dodging taxes. Yeah. And, uh, the only good one that he made was probably, what was it, In the Name of the King? Or, yeah. And that's just because Statham kicks ass. It's just because he got Jason Statham because Blood Raven's awful. Like, the actual Blood Rain game is cool. I would love to see a real adaptation of that. He ruined that chick's career. Yeah, he basically, Kristana Locken hadn't really, didn't really act very much after that. Cause we thought she was all going to be great. And, like, she's like, yes, I'll do Terminator Blood Rain. 3. And then, yeah. done. She's, and then, her career's over. Yep, thanks, Juve Bully, you piece of shit. <laughs> but anyway, we're not beyond the hate on that guy. No, fuck Juve yeah, Bully. Yeah, uh, we, we eventually are going to have, like, maybe... If it's voted upon a hate episode every so often, and he is on the list. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bay probably too. Um, uh, it says, but now all he the Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we all know that Pearl Harbor missed the point. Yep. The best part of that movie is Kate Beckinsale. But anyway, um, uh, but it says, uh, but all that being said, I don't necessarily regret watching this film. It was entertainingly bad, and I honestly got a few chuckles out of some of the satirical humor and parts of the film, but it, uh, but also plenty of laughs from how all how awful it was. Demolition Man is set in the mid-21st century in a society that is now violence-free. However, when a 20 cent, 20th century criminal psychopath breaks out of prison to wreak havoc on the unsuspecting sissy future, the police department is forced to bring in uh, an ex-detective, also from the 20th century, out of suspended animation to catch the psycho. The movie starts out silly and cheesy, so we know we're in for something brainless, and it only gets more idiotic as it goes along. Well, it starts off cheesy because it's a fucking 90s film. It's a 90s action movie with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Like, it, And that's one of the things I think... Like, sometimes when people watch these movies, and this person's, like, probably just now watching it at the time in 2010, and they're like, this is, like, stupid. It's like, we we grew up in the 90s. This is the kind of shit that we watched was, like, Demolition Man and Predator and, like, Rambo and, like, all that kind of shit. Like, all the action movies. Kickboxer. Yeah, if you don't understand how those movies are supposed to go, don't watch them. No yeah. one's making you watch them. They make plenty of, you know, whatever movies now, you know. <laughs> the Notebook. The Notebook. You can watch The Notebook. You yeah. can watch, you know. Uh, Since you know what sissy futures are supposed to look like, watch The Notebook and cry and feel notebook. sad. Yeah. E- eat your haagen and cry. <laughs> you can watch, uh, uh, what's that called? First Kiss or <laughs> Happily Ever After. You'd probably love those. Right. Um. And so it says, I probably speak for everyone when I say Demolition Man has the lamest interpretation of the future of all time. There is zero violence of any kind, zero cursing of any kind, and the only restaurant is Taco Bell. Everyone is a sissy and sheltered little pansy who would be afraid of any child over the age of eight in the actual 21st century. This guy's angry. The biggest issue here is that the film indirectly promotes violence by showing how pathetic and idiotic a violent-free future is. I even found myself rooting for the bad guy just to show all the other prudes a lesson. This movie sends all the wrong signals and makes me shake my head in embarrassment So basically what he's saying is he needs the future to be way more violent. Because (laughs) everybody's a bunch of pussies if they're not violent. Right. Yeah. 
But it's embarrassment. It's embarrassing to see everyone nonviolent and get along. Right. And have some type of societal standards. This is this is somebody who probably uh, this is probably and not to be like super political. This is more than likely a Republican posting this, or a Nazi. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. His name's Terrell, so we don't know who the, who that could be. But that's a cover. Uh, it probably. He's trying to act like he's a black dude, and it's not. It's probably just some like really bitter white guy. His that, name's Ned. Yeah, he's this dude's probably voted for Trump. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if he knows what voting is. Yeah. Oh God! He probably um, lives with his goats <laughs> on a beet farm. What does he? What does he do with those goats? Never mind. Um, We're not getting into that. No. <laughs> but uh, he eats them. So it says that this is the lamest interpretation of the future uh, of all time. It's like no, there's been a lot of movies about like utopias and like perfect society and nonviolent society because. If you look at it from just the outset, they have no STDs in their environment. Uh, they don't. They have had no murders at all in 16 years. No, I'd say the lamest interpretation of the future is probably Back to the Future, <laughs> but no one cared about that. I mean, because you had instant, you had instant pizzas. And you had, you know, self-lacing shoes, which we've actually kind of got now, because yeah. Nike actually has a technology like that now. How dare you talk about Back to the Future 2? I love those <laughs> movies, but the future was pretty lame. And then, what was the other cool thing about that? Hoverboards? And then they I had the... do without. They, do without. What's wrong with wheels? Why have we got to hover all the time? Right? Wheels work. Wheels are awesome. They've been around forever, so... <laughs> This was brought to you by tires. <laughs> Michelin. So, did, so did, did our did our Bridgestone money go through? No, it bounced. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck tires. We want hover cars. <laughs> Fucking bouncing checks and shit. Um, so, since they want to talk about the future of this movie, let's talk about the future. Let's look at some shit that uh, Demolition Man has in it. That is, uh, you know, and, and some other science fiction movies have used some of these things. But some of the ways that they use it in this movie is very, very close to what we have now. Right. Which I think is why now it probably makes more sense than it did back in 93. Because some of this shit we actually have now. Um, so this is, uh, this is an article that I found. It's, uh, was it MidlandsMovies.com? And this is a blog that uh, this person writes. Uh... What's uh, what's his name? I don't know what his name is. It could be a woman. I don't know. What's his name? It doesn't matter <laughs> what his name is. No, Midlands Movies Mike. That's his name. It's Mike. So it's uh, so the thing that uh, the first thing that he talks about is uh, self-driving cars, voice activation devices, and uh, GPS. And so. The self-driving cars, because we have that. Google has cars now that are basically fully autonomous. Skynet. Yeah, basically. Uh, so you have the fully self-driving cars, uh, and the cars and pretty much everything in their environment is basically voice activated. What does that sound like? Google Home, Alexa, whatever the fuck Siri is. <laughs> <laughs> A bitch that don't listen. Um I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna name something after one of Tom Cruise's kids, man? Come on. Yeah, come on, come on, Apple. You're better than that. You better than that. 
Uh, we, can, we can test Siri out. A lot of times she doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. We might do that in a second. But uh, it says, um, and then the other thing uh, that it predicted was uh, smoking, junk food, and swearing bans. Um, and it says, uh, let's see, because uh, they actually have references to some of these. Uh, let's see. Uh, in the UK, smoking was banned from enclosed workspaces and even publicly accessible ones in 2007. The age to buy them was raised to 18 before a subsequent ban on displaying tobacco packets and finally a bill demanding plain packaging due to come enforced in 2017, which we've you know has happened already by this point. Uh, the rise of e-cigarettes, too, is, uh, you know, seen as once accepted pastime confined to history books. And then it has on here... E-cigarettes? How about F-cigarettes? <laughs> Fuck you for smoking! It <laughs> uh, uh, says the the banning of, uh, of food bad for you is also now being seen in the UK as popular supermarkets have since outlawed sweets and junk food from checkouts. And uh, whilst sugary drinks have also recently been cracked down on as the link shows. And he has a link to an article about... Um, <laughs> it, was, it was like a Tesco uh, took a, a, a Capri Sun out of their aisles because it was too sugary. <laughs> That's when you know society's a little fucked up when you're like, you know what, I gotta take Capri Sun off because that shit is a little too much. That shit's too sugary. Let's let's calm down, guys. But you can still go into a gas station and buy Four loco, which has literally killed people because it's a it's an energy drink mixed with alcohol. So it's it's a stimulant and a depressant, and it just fucks your body up. <laughs> but we got to get that Capri Sun out of here because it's too sugary and well, it's a danger. You, you know, the thing about it is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What are you going to say about that shit, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that shit is delicious. <laughs> I don't drink that shit. Capri Sun... No, I, I mean, I think the last time I've had a Capri Sun was like you had some in the fridge because your your kid drinks it. <laughs> That's about it, really. Yeah, but here's the theme song to that. <laughs> <laughs> For local, brought to you by Cold Chamber. <laughs> local, local. <laughs> <laughs> No bullshit though, when Cold Chamber came out, this fucking album was really good. It was really good. And then their second album came out and they just fell the fuck that's out. That's the only thing I could. That's all I was thinking of as I heard Four Loco. I was like, Four Yeah. It's called Loco by Cold Chamber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Cold Chamber. Um, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, one of these days, I was just working in like an, like in like an orgy song, like sh- like social enemies, and it's like this episode brought to you by orgy. <laughs> People were like, "Wait, fuck orgy? Are they still around?" <laughs> um. So the next thing Wait, that they uh, hold on, are they still around? I I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
The only album of theirs I really listened to is Candy Ass, so <laughs> apparently their career to me died after that album because <laughs> I didn't really listen to anything else they did. But Candy Ass was a really good album, so. Um, but anyway. Did they die in like a, like a cult suicide with Rammstein? Because I haven't heard shit from those guys either. Rammstein's still around. Oh. Although, um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, they, they're still around as far as I know. This uh, isn't the metal podcast. No. We, that could come. You're right. One day, because yeah. we are knowledgeable as fuck. Just make a, like, an episode called, What the Fuck Happened to These Bands? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Static X and Cold Chamber and Orgy and Dope. and. Would you listen to this? Email me. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Because if you will, we'll do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know where they are. As long as you pay us. I can tell you. <laughs> if you pay us, we'll, 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 you know. We'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing that they predicted... Pay us anything! Like us! <laughs> like us! So the next thing is Arnold Schwarzenegger in politics, which is pretty interesting because in 1993, you know, they're, you know she's like, you know, you can you know find it at the Schwarzenegger library. And then Stallone's like, wait, hold up, what? And she's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, he was, you know, a president of the United States. And he's like, wait, Arnold? And then she was like, yeah, you know, due to his popularity at the time, you know, it, the 61st Amendment uh, allowed people born outside of the United States to run for president. And he was like, wait, stop, what? <laughs> and then what do you know? He ends up becoming the governor of California for eight years. And I, I'll go ahead and say, let's let him run for president. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you're going to get a celebrity in there, you know, and, and we're not here to bash Trump, although we definitely could. If you're going to have a celebrity run it, at least get a celebrity who knows what the fuck he's doing, who actually has some experience in politics. Let's get someone who cares, and Schwarzenegger cares. Yeah. If, if Arnold runs, if they ever, like, make that where Arnold could run, and he's in his 70s now, so he doesn't have a whole lot of time left, unfortunately. Let's change this shit now. Yeah, it's like, let's get Arnold in there. At least if Arnold's in there for four years, he'll get some shit done, you know? Let's say a foreigner could run, and then after Arnold gets done, we'll be like, you know what? No more foreigners. <laughs> right. Let's not do this. This is supposed to be the land of opportunity, which yeah. means immigrants should be allowed yeah. to eventually become presidents yeah. if they're U.S. citizens. Arnold's a U.S. citizen. He should be allowed to be president of the United States. That's just how yeah. it goes. I if mean, you're a citizen of America, you should be able to be a president. Because what's the only real qualification that you have to be to be president? You have to have been a U.S. citizen, and you have to be at least 35 years old. Right. So if you wanted to do that for foreigners, you could say that, okay, well, if you're from a foreign country, and you've lived as a U.S. citizen for 35 years, then you can run to be president. But Arnold has been that, because he's lived in America for over 35 years, because he's been living in Hollywood making movies and making moves, crushing pussy, whatever he's been doing for all these years. Yeah, he's there to crush some pussy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, Maria. I'm just saying, let's do this. Let Arnold run. Let Arnold run. They made a statement. <laughs> Emma Stone was at the Oscars. She didn't name the other four male directors, but she named the chick director that didn't even win because Danilo Del Toro won for The Shape of Water. But she was making a statement. Let Arnold make a statement. Yeah, a political statement. There we let's go. Let's care about foreigners, too. Not just pick our people that we care about. We should care about everybody, yeah. actually. Yeah, instead of like trying to turn people away from shithole countries. Yeah. But, you know, we don't like to get political. That's about as political Go as we get. Go to the John Oliver show if you want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, if, yeah. Yeah. Last week tonight with John Oliver. Watch that shit. It's anyway. Show. This show is sponsored by John Oliver. 
Did his check go through? No. Fuck. Okay. No, yeah, fuck John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> you don't it. pay us. Bouncing checks means we're about to bounce you out of existence. <laughs> um, he, he wrote it on a sticky note. I didn't think it was going to get to Yeah, that's not gonna, that's not going <laughs> to hold up in court. Fuck. We got we got, we got hosed. Yeah. We got hosed. Okay. Uh, we have a backup plan, though. Um, so who, the, who writes checks? <laughs> right. <laughs> that are legal. Um, so the next one is uh, the love of nostalgia. Because Lenina Huxley is really big into nostalgia. Her office has got like Lethal Weapon posters, and she's got like an Oakland Raiders football helmet on her desk, and she's got a football there because they don't play football in their world, which is crazy. Because like, could you imagine a future without football? I don't think that's. I, it just put Fuck me put me in the fucking fridge, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, look, I'm gonna commit a crime. I want to go to sleep until football comes back. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They should have the cryo sleep so it's like, okay, guys, the Super Bowl's over with. Okay, wake me back up when the draft happens, then put me back in, and then thaw me back out whenever training camp starts. That, that'll that be your year, you know? It's like football hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> and if the Patriots go to the playoffs, put me back in. Put me back in. I don't want to watch this shit. shit. <laughs> no one wants to see that shit. Uh, but it says, uh, one thing consistent with the future we're experiencing right now is a love of nostalgia. Uh, it says we've seen remakes and reboots of Terminator, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World, uh, Point Break, Mad Max, Poltergeist, and the Fantastic Four, <laughs> which they rebooted after like basically two movies. Yep. What does that sound like? Oh, Spider Man, yeah. Um, in the film, a running joke sees Bullock referencing films and language of the past only to get them slightly wrong, resulting in innuendos and misunderstandings. Both their office and apartment are filled with strange mix of eclectic antiques and trinkets from the 90s, including a lethal weapon poster. Uh, and then there's also films like Pixels that reference 1980s video games, uh, Stallone's Expendables franchise, which is basically like a love of old school action movies, which we love all of those. Warning shot! Warning shot. Also, like, and Ronda Rousey is just a complete badass. You always. Know, always. <laughs> and um, if you're like, well, she lost a couple of fights, she's washed up. No, she isn't. She can still whoop your ass. She's not washed up because she lost a fight at UFC. Everybody loses fucking fights. Muhammad Ali lost fights. Yeah. Who's the Get Who's the greatest her. boxer of all time? Muhammad Ali. I'm tired of everybody thinking everybody has to be perfect. Yeah. Conor Central. McGregor's lost fights. Yeah, you got Central Florida over there uh, claiming to be national champs when Alabama's holding the trophy. Right. <laughs> People are always worried about what their record is, not yeah. about what they do. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing is, is, uh, virtual sex. And then it says, uh, you know, at one point you have the scene between like, you know, Sandra Bullock and, or it's, it's Lenina and John Spartan. Um, look, a certain podcast thinks that, uh, Sandra Bullock's character is John Spartan's daughter. Yeah. Which, and we were, we were kind of like talking over this earlier. And the thing is, is that like, that's assuming that. Okay, Lenina Huxley has no idea who her dad is, which it's or never she established. Or she knows who her dad is, and she's okay with banging him. Yeah, and she knows that her dad's probably... Because she did all this information on John Spartan, so when they thought him out, she could give him information on, like, you know, here's basically, you know, what happened with your wife, you know, that kind of stuff. Because even the the um, the guy who's, like, the police chief, he was like, he was like, be thankful, caveman, that... Officer Huxley even bothered to do a probe on your wife. 
you know, because he's like, we don't care what you think about anything that happened. It's like, be thankful that she even bothered to look at the information, at least give you an idea of what's happened since he's been frozen and everything, you know. Um, but the idea, uh, it uh, says, uh, um, it, there's like the sex helmet thing. I don't know what you would call that. It's like, it's basically, a, it's a fuck helmet. Let's just call it what it is. It's a fuck put helmet. Put my sex cap on. <laughs> yeah, put my sex cap on. <laughs> you know, because she was like, I would, you know, she was like, I, I would, I would like to have sex with you. And he was like, what, right here, right now? And he was like, all right, awesome. That's cool. So then he's I'm like, I'm going to done. You see my uh, film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five foot seven. <laughs> I have a 17 inch dick <laughs> oh my god that's right that's why I'm the Italian stallion you know ladies want to get up and ride it uh, <laughs> but that's it's that's an uh, actual quote by Stallone <laughs> yeah uh, just kidding we, we have no proof he said that but, uh, but uh, we think he said it <laughs> but the whole idea of like having like sex virtually like, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I've seen, like, and it probably was in Japan. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's because basically anything freaky you can say. It's probably in Japan. That's probably in Japan. But no, I saw something where what it is, it's like, uh, it's, um, it's like Wi-Fi controlled. And what it is, is like, you can put it, like, on your wife. It's like an insert into, I think it goes into their panties or whatever. And it's basically a vibrator that you can control through the Wi-Fi. So, like, she could be at work, like, typing papers or, you know, like, you know, doing stuff. Maybe she's, like, a manager someplace. And you could be home and be like, you know what? I think my baby girl needs to get a little bit of a little bit of excitement. And you can just go onto the app on your phone and just, like, crank it up. And it will start vibrating uh, remotely. Japanese people are freaky. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've seen something, like, an article about that. Probably like, oh, I'm, I'm bullshitting. I ordered one. No. <laughs> He's got ten of them and a bunch of Japanese uh, mail order brides. Yeah. No, I mean, you list. can't have just one waifu. I mean, you gotta no, have multiple you gotta, you waifus. You gotta have like at least, <laughs> at least ten. And then you gotta have the you know the anime body pillows because mm -hmm. you know I mean why not? Yes. <laughs> uh, but None the, of this is real because that sounded really tragic. <laughs> yeah. No, my life is not that sad. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so the next thing that it says is uh, video calling. Uh, but, you know, it's like now that you have stuff like Skype and you have FaceTime and like Google Duo and like all these video calling things. Yeah, FaceTime in the stone all the time. Right. Yeah, wouldn't it be awesome? Like, you know, like after he gets kind of rejected by Lenina because they do the whole, they do the fuck helmet thing and it doesn't work out. And yeah, he's he tries like, to no, kiss her. really bang. Yeah. yeah and, and then like, she no, kicks him out. Get out. Yeah. You're, you're just nothing but a barbarian. Get out of my, out of my apartment. So she kicks him out and he goes back to his place and he was like, just kind of like, just, you know, he's like, oh fuck, I guess I'll put on a movie or something. He's like, he has that, uh, he has that disc that's like information that Lenina got for him. So he's like, well, let me see what the fuck is on this then since like he's got blue balls now he thought he was gonna bang lenina and it didn't work out so he puts the thing in and then he like gets the remote and he's like how the fuck does this work and then all of a sudden the chick pops up on the video screen and she was like hey martin i was thinking oh my god wrong number and then she like covers up and shit and he's like what the fuck imagine if you're doing that shit and all of a sudden it's like uh, you have a you have a uh, facetime that comes through and it's like oh fuck it's emma stone <laughs> That would be some awesome shit, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. And right. Hopefully it'd be during in the middle of the show. Oh, there she is. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Guys, the bat signal just showed up. I gotta go fuck Emma Stone. 
<laughs> go do it. Go do your duty, sir. You, yeah, the country is proud of you. Um, so we salute you. The next thing that it predicted was Wesley Snipes in jail. <laughs> I was like, that's a little fucked up, because some of Phoenix is in jail, not Wesley Snipes. Like, come on, that's a little low. And it wasn't like, and the shit that Wesley Snipes did was nowhere near what Simon Phoenix did. It was did. just tax evasion. And yeah. You know, we, we all paid taxes, but we all also said, fuck the IRS at one point. Because they're dicks. Yeah. You don't need all my money. You know, like NWA always used to say, fuck the police. We say, fuck the IRS. Fuck the IRS. <laughs> we still pay taxes. I mean, we'd love not to, though. And then Wesley Snipes is kind of a hero. IRS was also... like, you know what, fuck those guys. I'm not paying them other shit. Yeah. IRS was also like a really shitty tag team partner to the Million Dollar Man, so... (laughs) Stevie Richards? (laughs) Wasn't he in that? No, no, no. That was was, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt's daddy. Censored. Uh, Censored was Stevie Richards. Censored, yeah. The the Censorship Bureau or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so the next thing that it says is uh, criminal tagging. And so it's like the idea that you would have, uh, and now I think it's called like an RFID chip. It's like a radio frequency ID that they can implant under the skin. They and put it was, a chip in you? Yeah. Well, they, they've been experimenting with that as like having like a thing because, you know, like when Spartan wakes up and he keeps itching his hand and he was like, what do you think you're itching, caveman? He was like, he's like, we put a, a tracker in you as soon as we thawed you from that ice. And he's like scratching his hand. It's like they actually have like thought about doing that. Because they have the technology that they can put something uh, possibly in your skin and they can track you by GPS. Because now you have things like the tile tracker or like the uh, – it's like there's actually a thing called tracker. And it's like a little sensor and you can put it on your keys. You can put it like in your wallet. You can put it on your luggage, uh, your kids, like whatever you want. And you can track them by GPS. I don't know. I think if you're that worried about a criminal, just execute them. Or put them back in the ice like they do in this movie. Uh, and so then the other thing is the uh, on-the-spot fines. You know, they're saying basically on here that they started doing that where they could give you uh, fines in the U.K. Uh, like on the spot, which we don't live in the U.K. You know, We don't live in England or Scotland or Wales or anything like that. So I, I can't really speak to that, but... You know, the whole thing of, like, cussing and then having the thing come out. Our, we would have so many fines. Yeah, we would have, we were already owed, like, $2,000 on this show. Yeah, that's not even counting real life. <laughs> and then the other thing that it mentioned that was interesting was the franchise wars. You know, and it says, like, you know, Taco Bell, you know, won the franchise wars. That's what Lenina tells Spartan. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was, like, all these competitions between the companies, and Taco Bell was the That's one. That's not going to happen in real life. That's not going to happen in real life, but the idea that big franchises are basically just becoming, like, territorial. That's and, happening. They're yeah, because. absorbing each other or buying each other out. Eventually, Disney will buy Warner Brothers. And- <laughs> I mean, but when you look at, like, how many of those you have, because you have Starbucks is basically every five yards, and then you've got, you've got, like, uh, what, McDonald's, you've got Wendy's, you've got Hardee's, you've got KFC, uh, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, like, all these different franchises, and they're everywhere. Chick-fil-A is going to buy everybody, and then everyone... Except the gay companies. No, they're going to buy those too. And then everyone is going to starve to death on Sundays. Right, yeah. 
They'll even buy grocery stores and be like, shit, I don't have any groceries for Sunday. They're closed. Shit. Yeah. Chick fil A's like, we won, bitches. We won. <laughs> we won. Um, you gotta wait until Monday to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Unless uh, you have Blue Apron. <laughs> Blue Apron's like, we finally made this. We finally, now you can eat on, on Sunday because you can eat our food. Yeah. See how all this shit ties in together? It all works. Uh, so then the other thing that they predicted, too, was uh, uh, touchscreen tablets, webinars, and streaming video. Because the guy, when he's like, you know... Uh, You're saying Steve Jobs was a huge fan. Yeah, probably. He was like, he was probably like watching because, uh, what, the warden, he has like an iPad looking thing. Yeah. The chief of police, I think, has one. Like, they're using these like, these like tablet looking devices. Steve Jobs is like, back in 93, like, you know what? We could probably actually make that shit. I wonder how expensive or how, co- you know, complicated that is, you know? Um, but like even when the guy, like the, the, uh, police officer approaches Simon Phoenix and he has that little thing and he's like, and it's like approach maniac and tell him with a, with a firm <laughs> voice to, you know, to get on the ground. And he's like, Simon Phoenix, get on the ground <laughs> and like all this stuff. So he's like, he's streaming that video live. That's like telling him what to do. And then, uh, the web Simon weapon- Phoenix is just kind of ignoring them. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> just like hacking the computer yeah. and shit like that just kind of like looking around and smiling at people right classic uh, snipes right uh but the webinars thing is pretty cool too because like you see the the conference room at, at cocteau's place and he's got like all the chairs set up Co- and it has cocteau's cocteau say that really slow cocteau's <laughs> yeah as opposed to camel toes <laughs> Cock toes, camel toes, you know. What what is cock exactly. toes when you're when you have like you know like really tight shorts on, your balls hang out? Yeah, yeah, like your, your balls are like engulfing your dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cock toes. We just we just invented something. I just think we invented another word. This will go right up there with hate us. We're making a dictionary at this point. We got it going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like his conference, uh, at his, uh, his like conference table at his place has the video in each of the seats where he can talk to the people in kind of like a web conference sort of thing. And that's just like, like, um, go to meeting and stuff like that where you can like remote in and you can like go to a, a meeting, you know, while you're at your house or something, you know, cause they have those now. So it's just, it's crazy to me. Like when you look back at this now, cause you know, we watched this in 2018 we look back at this and we're like, holy shit, they actually got a lot of things right in this. You know? Yeah, especially they predicted Sandra Bullock would still look fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, nailed that shit. Yeah, definitely she does. Um, 53 years old. 53 years old, and she looks can't like that. I that. No wonder, like, whenever uh, she eventually did another movie with Keanu Reeves, and, you know, because Keanu's in his 50s too. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't look it. No. And then uh, one of them made the other one a vampire. <laughs> I'm very convinced because they both have to be. They, they, yeah. They just look too great. Right. I was. A, I mean, even like Denzel's up there in age, and he doesn't like really, especially if he's like clean shaven. You can't see like any gray or anything in his beard. Denzel still looks young as shit. It's, yeah. 
It's like the whole, you know, the whole saying that, like, black don't crack. Like, on Denzel, it definitely doesn't. Like, <laughs> That's ridiculous. You've heard that before. I've heard that. The Lawrence Fishburne looks like shit now. <laughs> you know what? So, Morgan Freeman's, like, in his 80s, and he's just now starting to look like his, his you know, his looks are breaking yeah, down. Yeah, Patrick Stewart still looks like he's 50. He's a white dude. and yeah. I think it's just the person. I don't think it's, it's the it, race. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, if you take care of yourself, you're going to look good even when you're older. If yeah. you don't take care of yourself, you're going to look like... Patrick Stewart could look like Picard right now. He's a 70-year-old man that had to wear uh, old man makeup. To, to look to, old to enough. Look, to look old enough to be Professor X in the future. Yeah, for uh, Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, who, who the fuck does that? Right. Ian McKellen looks, you know, he looks old as fuck. Patrick <laughs> Stewart's almost exactly the same age as him, and he looks like at least 15 years younger. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, there isn't really a cool saying you can say for that, though. No, I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's I mean, if that's what you're basing it on as sayings, then no. Yeah, there isn't really, a, like, a white person version of that that relates no, the, usually the stereotypes have the rhymes with them. Yeah, like the black don't yeah. crack, yeah. Um, Once you go black, you don't go back. Right? It's just racism. It doesn't have it's, anything to do with any I mean, truth. if it's Zoe Saldana, though, yeah, probably that's true. <laughs> no, I could see myself going from Zoe Saldana to Emma Stone, just, you know, not yeah. worried about it. What, in the <laughs> same night? Yeah. Yeah. No, then I would just die. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, okay, I'm done. Uh, I'm just. There's I'm, nothing that can happen after this. No. <laughs> no, that's pretty much that's the end of it all right there. <laughs> so the uh, so the next comment, uh, getting back to the regular comments here, the hate comments. This is a three out of ten, and they put and I thought this was a spelling error at first when I saw it. I'm like, they just fucked up spelling this. No, they did this on purpose because they're like, I'm gonna be clever with my title. They put demotion man. <laughs> demotion man. Um, and then by the way, we was just talking about the Asian thing. I just feel like I should mention Stallone looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, Stallone doesn't look like because you can see like Schwarzenegger, who is pretty much the same age. Like they're only a year apart from each other in age. Yeah, Stallone and Arnold... looks okay. Still, Stallone looks like he's just been trying to pump roids into his like venom, like in the comics of Bane. <laughs> he's been like injecting venom into him just so he can like bulk up even more. Right, and he's and starting to look disgusting. But that's why he's going to work as a comic book character if he's in Guardians. Yeah, because he looks like a comic book character. Yeah, he does. And then Arnold, you see Arnold now, and Arnold still has some of his muscle, but you know he he's kind of aged his muscle gracefully. You could say like he doesn't look like he's all. You know, buffed up and everything, because he can't really do that anymore at his age. He Not can't... everybody can be Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, because like you look at Dolph, and you're like, that dude's built like a damn machine. Even Wesley Snipes, like he still looks like he's built like a machine. It's pretty awesome. Because Van Damme's still in great shape. Yeah, yeah, Van Damme definitely. Yeah. Um. Uh. But then this Steven is Steven Seagal. No. Uh, no. He's, he's like 300 pounds. <laughs> Seagal's a totally different conversation. He's like, he's, he's like slob and it's just. <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you become a was it like a cop in like New Orleans or something? Wasn't that what he was doing? Yeah, on he TV? was doing that show. Yeah. Really do nothing. Just everybody's like, oh, hey, it's Seagal. Oh my god, Steven Seagal. I gotta arrest you now. Cool, man. Yeah, that's cool. 
That's not how really rest go. Well, yeah, when, when, whenever <laughs> I first heard about the show, I'm like, cool, Seagal's going to be like kicking people's ass and get them on the ground. Nope, he's just like, hey, man, you can't be doing that. I'm sorry, Steven. I'm sorry, Steven Seagal. <laughs> you can handcuff me. Right. Uh, but uh, this comment is from uh, Matt Crowley, and this is uh, July of 2006. Uh, and <laughs> it's, it's funny we talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger because that actually comes up in this. I'm of assuming it does. I'm assuming Stallone's theory behind doing this film is that it can rival some of uh, Arnold's sci-fi's. Uh, I'm a fan of many the, Stallone no, he films. He doesn't say Arnold. He says Arnie. He said Arnie's. I actually should have read that like it was, but I was like, I can't bring myself to call him Arnie. Arnie's. Arnie. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, I'm a fan of many Stallone. Have some dignity. <laughs> right. Call him by his actual name. Was Arnie's easier to say than Arnold? Right. Um, it says I'm a fan of many Stallone films, but this is a this one was a, a huge disappointment. A star like Stallone can't afford to be doing such low grade films. Admittedly, he did come back in subsequent years with films such as Copland. <laughs> films such as Copland. You're like, you know what really got him back on track was that Copland shit that really brought well, Stallone back. He he, <laughs> he was felon, then he did Copland and Rhinestone and just nailed it. <laughs> Uh, oh god it says i guess over the, the top was my shit yeah over the top was the shit <laughs> like that movie's great if you're really into like <laughs> competitive arm wrestling seeing a bunch of oily muscles yes <laughs> man i'm watching the hero win by an illegal move that you can't use in arm wrestling <laughs> We're not gonna we're not gonna go over that because he's a hero, Steven. Okay, my bad. Yeah, my we're bad. beyond the hate. You know, we don't we don't hate over the top. Um, I like that movie. That movie's pretty cool. His son's pretty cool in that movie. Yeah. Have you ever played his son? Yeah, I don't know. I have. I didn't think we were gonna get into over the top on this. So no, we're not. We keep going. We're not. So anyway, it says I guess the letdown for me was the way in which this fantasy of a future held back. Uh, uh, a film set in a, in a future which is based around tedium is itself going to be quite dull. Sandra Bullock is slightly irritating as the over-eager futuristic cop. Wesley Snipes does well as the bad guy. Uh, he's about the most entertaining thing in this film. The problem with the film is the presence. Progenically freezing criminals doesn't seem like much of a solution to me. Also, there just simply isn't anything fantastical about this future. It's just a bit all—it's just all a bit boring, really. Well, it's boring, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be. It, that's that's the standard of the world. They're they're trying to do everything to protect people. So that's why there's really no violence, no this or that. It's just supposed to be like a utopia type yeah. thing, you know. And uh, the things that we think are exciting, they don't think are exciting anymore. Yeah. Except Sandra Bullock's character. Like she's she's still watching old movies and everything. Yeah. Um. So there there those things are still available. So you can still watch Lethal Weapon and things like that. But um, in their society, that kind of stuff is frowned upon because they they've they feel like they've evolved past that. That they're no longer doing that, and that's because the whole idea of this movie and it's kind of explained as you go along is that this whole society has been it's. It is behavior engineering, and basically what it comes down to is that uh, Raymond Cocteau has been 
doing these things over the years about, you know, it's like manipulating the behavior of people to try and create uh, what he feels is a better society. But when you look at it, Cocteau really has done all this because he's kind of like the leader of the civilization, right? Like he, he sort of lead, he sort of is like this kind of like weird mayor, uh, you know, type, uh, figure that is like over San Angeles, this whole, you know, huge metropolitan center, which is like all these different cities combined. And the, I think the thing about what he's done is basically he's engineered this stuff into their behavior so that he can lead this like rich, lavish life because he's the one who sort of created all these behavioral things. Because Mm -hmm. even the, uh, the behavioral center is named after him. It's like the Cocteau Center. And yep, so Cocteau Center. Cocteau Center. <laughs> See, now that you said that, every time I say it, I'm going to f- think of that shit in the back of my mind. It's going to be difficult to get my point across without and, laughing. And that's what I wanted to put in all your minds. <laughs> You're right. And he wanted to put it in all your mouths. Right, yeah. Um... Not all of you. Some of you aren't pretty enough. But uh, <laughs> uh, that's what Harvey Weinstein said. <laughs> you're right. You're not pretty enough. You know what you got to do for this role. Uh, <laughs> oh God, that's really uh, that's bad. Creepy. Just that's even, uh, yeah. That's just disgusting that to think gross. about, isn't it? All right, we might. Uh, I, I got to vomit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you need to take a second so you can throw up and get that shit out of your system. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so, but that's the whole thing is that the the whole thing that I think they're missing in this is they're like, what's the point of freezing them? The point of freezing them is so that they can have them in ice and then they can, while they're in cryo sleep, have these things that are to rehabilitate them so that when they become paroled, they can be introduced back into society as just normal people and it's because it's it's behavior engineering because what's one of the one of the things that Stallone does when he gets when he gets back to his apartment and things have settled down from the whole Taco Bell incident and he thought he was going to have sex with Lenina and that didn't happen he starts knitting he starts knitting and he was like he was like oh no he's like the first thing i wanted to do when i got back was just i wanted to knit and he was like i don't understand like how is it i can just cuz he knitted Lenina a sweater like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. I, I made you a sweater. She was like, oh, this is really good, Spartan. Like, this is oh, yeah. nice. By the way, the Stallone voice, nailed it. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll work on it. But, uh, so he, like, he gave her the sweater, and then he was like, I don't understand. He's like, you know, why is it that I, I know what, you know, all these, you know, these different terms and everything are. And and she was like, well, she's like, because, the you know, the way that the prisoners are... You know, they have, like, rehabilitation programs that are given to them when they're in sleep. And it's it's basically to, to change your behavior so that you can be reintroduced into society. And freezing them is, like, so that they don't have to worry about, like, having to feed them or anything. It's, a, like, it's a pretty cool idea. It's like, well, in the future, we'll just freeze the prisoners. Until and it also, we think they're rehabilitated and then we'll let them out. Yeah. And because when their parole comes up, it's like we've been, you know, because they do that in like real prison where they have like, you know, programs you go through where you like learn a skill, you learn a trade. And then, you know, if you've had good behavior, you get paroled, you get out. And then, you know, the things that you learned while you're on the inside, 
you're able to go out in the real world and do. You know, they, well, something else that's kind of interesting is Jeffrey Dahmer's name is on the list of the criminals that are in here. Yeah. And he actually died two months after this movie came out. He was murdered. Yeah, he by the other him. inmates, yeah. yeah. I th- it's kind of funny when you go back and watch that because he was like, Dahmer? He's like, I love that guy. Can we get him too? And he was like, he's like, well, it will, it will take some time, but we can, we can get him as well. And he was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead and get him out, you know. Yeah, it w- which wouldn't have been possible because he, no. he died. Yeah, th- that the year that this movie came out. Yeah, like two months after, which good, like that guy. Yeah, we had Tomer was a psycho, but that's the whole thing is if you have, and even the guys that uh, that Simon recruits to be kind of like his new gang, is like these other guys. Jesse Ventura is one of them too. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of funny because you're like you're like watching this and you're like oh fuck Jesse Ventura was in this I forgot he's one of Simon's new guy new like gang member guys yeah Dennis Leary is in this yeah Dennis Leary's in this movie too um, I mean that was Gwen Stacy's dad <laughs> <laughs> he cleaned up really well after the, yeah, all this yeah he did. yeah he shaved yeah he shaved he didn't look like a hobo oh, yeah <laughs> but uh. But, you know, the the thing about freezing them is that, like, you don't have to worry about feeding them. You don't have to worry about them escaping. All you have to do is just, like, behavior condition them so that when they are paroled and they come up for parole, they will already be adjusted to what they feel is good for society because this is a, this is a society that has been behavior engineered. That's kind of the whole point of this. That's why... Cocteau has his status oh, and his. Po- that's why he has this position in society is because he's engineered all this stuff, you know. And it's it's really fucked up because he's like, well, he was like, uh, he's like, well, then he's like, what kind of a uh, of a regiment did they give Phoenix? And then they're going through it. It's like he they they taught him martial arts. They taught him advanced computer hacking. Uh, they taught him uh, like. What was it like, uh, like explosive uh, device crafting and like all this shit? So he was like, when he gets to the terminal, he was like, I feel fucking possessed <laughs> because yeah. he can just he just knows how to deal with the computer immediately as soon as he gets on it, you know. Um, so the whole they taught him how to do it. Yeah, they taught him how to do it because Cocteau <laughs> was uh, basically had like he he's trying the whole kind of point is that he's trying to get rid of this underground element that's being led by Edgar Friendly because he's kind of like this, like, he doesn't really see himself as a leader, but he's kind of a leader because he's one of the most vocal people out of that, like, kind of underworld of the people who don't want to live up in the in the high society. You know, they don't want to have to listen to fucking armor hot dog jingles and jelly green giant shit. Like, they want to listen to real music. They want to eat real food, you know. And that's why Dennis Leary has that like brilliant thing where he was like, you know, he was he was like, uh, maybe I want to run down the street naked, you know, covered in Jello, screaming, "I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener." Why? Because I fucking feel the need to, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that Dennis whole little. Th- he's awesome as Edgar Friendly in this, and then uh, there was like the other line when they uh, they show up later on after there's like the chase between Spartan and Phoenix, and like. Um, you know, like he crashes through the the SAPD, and then uh, like the 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 underground people kind of come up out of the sewers, and he, you know they said something about like you know are you here to you know are you here to like cause mayhem? And he was like mayhem. He's like we're here. To, he's like or it's like something about the guns. And he was like he's like no, we don't use these to kill people. We use these to like shop for groceries, man. You know, <laughs> like that's how they get their food. Like right. they have to like steal it out of trucks and stuff like that. 
because they don't have a whole lot of food down there. And uh, because those are basically the poor people who can't live in that society. So the uh, next comment is uh, brought to us. Let's see. Yeah, there it is. It's uh, 4 out of 10. And this is brought to us by uh, Johnny Boys. <laughs> Johnny Boys? This is not me. <laughs> Um, it's probably Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. This is July of 2017. Oh, yeah, his career was over by then. <laughs> yes. This is him. His career was over as soon as he left Texas A&M. Yeah. Because he probably made more money at A&M than he ever did in the NFL. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's... Uh, uh, it says excruciating fight scenes, uh, painful product placement, and a central joke revolving around going to the bathroom. Demolition Man is worth avoiding. <laughs> and uh, I, I cut a, I cut some some things out of this because some of these things were repeated. But like there was one comment that he made where he I'm was just finished like, my second ass mountain. <laughs> Just, if you guys were checking, I'm on my third one. There's yeah. One more to go. He's got one more to go, and then he will never drink this again. Woo! <laughs> oh, man. That's, let's see how that feels in the morning. Like, if you're going to still have that. It might not feel like anything, but my breath's going to fucking taste, smell like horse shit. Right, yeah. Even if I brush my teeth like 700 times tonight. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, one of the things that they said, and I ended up kind of like you know skipping past it a bit because it wasn't a big deal, was uh, they were they were talking about how um, in uh, in the movie they they mention a lot of brands like there's Taco Bell, uh, Armor Hot Dogs. They mention Oscar Mayer because that's a Dennis Leary comment. Um, the car that. Oscar that uh, Edgar Friendly has is it's an Oldsmobile muscle car, and they even when they they come up they're like in like an Oldsmobile, like a showroom, you know. So they're telling me that they're surprised that in the nineteen nineties, action movie that there's product placement. Right. They were like, there's just too much product placement in this movie. So is this the first 1990s action movie this guy's ever seen? I, yeah. Because basically any 1990s high-budget action movie, which this was, is going to have product placement. Yeah. Back to the Future has a huge Pepsi product placement. Yeah. And Mattel, because Mattel made the hoverboards, you know. Like, they do this with things for the future, even like Pizza Hut. Yeah. Because Pizza Hut's in tons of movies. Pizza Hut is huge in the Ninja Turtles movies because, uh, like, Pizza Hut in the first movie, that's what they ate. And then what did the Ninja Turtles eat in the second movie? They ate Domino's. Because Domino's paid more money. <laughs> you know, because when, yeah, when, you, when you watch Secret of the Ooze, they're eating Domino's. Because uh, uh, the delivery guy at the beginning of the movie, I think... I think he's a Domino's delivery driver, if I'm not mistaken. Like, when he, like, shows up, and then they end up... Like, he ends up getting in, into the fight, and the turtles are helping him. 
But that was the thing because that was a big deal back in the day. Was like when you bought the Ninja Turtles movie, the original movie, not that Michael Bay abomination, the the real Ninja Turtles movie. When you bought the VHS, you got a ticket for a free pizza, and you could take that to Pizza Hut and get your pizza because you bought the movie. Where's this shit now? Where's this shit now? I would totally go and buy some Turtles merchandise if I got some free pizza. That's what I'm saying. Like they don't do that kind of shit anymore. But '90s kids were the greatest generation period right but to like hate on the movie because it's got oldsmobile and it's got like armor hot dogs and like all these things that they reference and taco bell and all this kind of stuff it's like you just that's not a reason to hate a movie because it's like it's got too much product placement there's product placement everywhere what yeah. what kind of beer does james bond drink now heineken it's delicious. <laughs> well, yeah. But that's the thing. Heineken pays a shitload of money. It's like we want Daniel Craig in the movie to be holding a bottle of Heineken and drinking it. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll put that in the movie. Because so it's like when he's not drinking martinis, he's a Heineken man. Yeah. And then, you know, and then uh, he wears Tom Ford suits because Daniel Craig likes Tom Ford. But that's the reason that he wears Tom Ford suits because they have they've paid money they're like we'll put money into the production but bun can only wear tom ford suits everything has to be made by us everything he wears in those movies is tom ford yeah the, those product placements help finance movies right a lot of times especially big budget movies they can't just be made a lot of times through just random studios i mean a lot of these people put up big money to make them but they need people to help mm -hmm. any production needs help to grow yeah so it's just gonna happen yeah it really is you're gonna see it you know uh not everybody can be as fortunate as quentin tarantino and just make places up right yeah our products up for his you know his his films that, that I think it's partially because he doesn't want to feel like he's selling out to a brand. But Jackrabbit Flats exist, so that was an actual place. Or with Jackrabbit Slims? Yeah, Jackrabbit Slims, I mean. Yeah. yeah. That's an actual place in California, so, you know, that, that's... That's about his placement. most yeah. product placement he's but really ever had. But they probably didn't pay him to do that. Yeah, he probably he just did that. He asked them if he could, put, he could shoot a scene in their movie. Yeah, yeah, at their, at their diner. And they didn't win that trophy. They, they lost and they stole it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's canon. No, really. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like wondering because I was like uh, because uh, Vega, uh, Vincent, and, uh, and Mia. It's like you you see them like later on, and like she's got the trophy, and you're like, oh shit, they must have won. No, you can hear it on the radio. Uh, I don't know if you hear it on their radio or Butcher's radio, but they're talking about somebody that stole a trophy. Um, oh, the and then it's you very, see Mia very, with the trophy. Yeah. Okay, see, like that's the thing about Tarantino. He he puts little nuggets of these things everywhere. Listen to the True Romance podcast we did. Yeah, he's got all kinds of that shit all over the movie. It's genius! You can watch those movies a thousand times and still you still find them. shit you yeah. didn't notice. Like I can still put on Pulp Fiction or like Reservoir Dogs, and I'm like, oh fuck, I never noticed that before. Uh, but anyway, back to Johnny Boy's comment. Uh, and it says, uh, this film is a mostly weak exercise. Very little is made of the fact Spartan lost his wife in the interim of being frozen mm -hmm. and then thawed and is not satisfyingly tied in with his newfound fondness for, for uh, Sandra Bullock. Uh, can we remember by the end that he was even married? Similarly, 
The roots of Stallone's character are flaccid. He seems seemingly he is seemingly responsible for the deaths of dozens dozens of hostages in the beginning, but maintains his this gung ho approach again in the future when granted the opportunity to go after Phoenix again. Despite craving violence early on and having experienced what she experiences, what does Bullock's character learn about anything? Well, okay, for one... <laughs> Drop some knowledge on these people, Steve. The reason he probably didn't have a lot of emotion, I really wanted to know a lot about his wife, is because he probably assumed that she remarried and that she's passed away at this point. Yeah. So he figured he didn't want to suffer through all the things that he's missed. No. So that's why he didn't show a lot of emotions, because he's already felt them while he was cryogenic. He's already went through all this stuff, like, yeah, my wife's probably, you know, she's probably having a different life, she's moved on from me. Because they still have a conscience while they're frozen, that's how they can learn things and be rehabilitated and things like that. Yeah, because Um, he even says that when they're talking at Taco Bell, and he was like, I got a newsflash for you, pal. He was like, I'm not unconscious while I'm in there. And he was like, I have to deal with the... you know, he's like, I have to look at my wife while she's like beating her fist against a block of ice that used to be her husband. And he was like, it's no, he's like, it's not nice to go into that. He was like, is that, you know, and then like even uh, Lenina, she's like, she's like, but they're supposed to be unconscious when they're in there. And he was like, I know, he's like, I, he's like, I have thoughts, I have feelings, I have nightmares, I have dreams. He's like, everything. You know, it's yeah. like, you guys don't understand what it's like to be in that giant ice cube, but that's what it's like. Because you, all you have is your mind, and it just drives you insane. So during that time, he's probably made peace with the fact that his wife's not really around anymore. Now, Lenina tells him, like, yeah, she died in a, a huge earthquake, and that's how she was lost. But it's like, you know, we, your daughter is still alive, and she's like, we can look her up. And he's like, no, nah, no, don't, he's like, don't worry about any of that. And he's like, I he's just. pretty sure probably that his daughter would hate him at this point. Yeah. Or just, you Thinking know. he's some kind of a psycho. He but, doesn't want to reach out to care. But also, this violence thing is it's not that he necessarily wants to be violent. And he's not responsible for the hostages as much as this guy wants to think. Simon Phoenix is 100% responsible for the hostages' death. Yeah. He's the one that took them. And he even tells him he was like, uh, at the end, he's like, he's like, those hostages were already dead. He had already killed all the hostages. There weren't any. And, like, when they, they found the remnants, they thought that he, in the destruction of that building, killed all the hostages, and it was, like, basically, like, really bad collateral damage. Yeah, Simon Phoenix already had that plan. That's why he already knew that he was going to blow up the gas tanks. That's why he had him in there. He mm-hmm. knew that he couldn't beat John Spartan at this point, so he's just going to make John Spartan just as guilty as he is. Yeah, he's basically going to frame him. That's why he has the the gasoline set up, the tanks, all the explosives, everything, and the blue, you know, the blue torch, everything, because he's planning on like, well, if I'm going down, I'm taking Spartan with me. So he didn't kill anybody, and John Spartan also, I'm pretty sure, knew that he didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Because he even says it to the cops, like there was nobody there. Yeah. He would have hurt, you know. He he's one of the best cops of his time, so he would have known. Yeah. Because. Um, so there's that. No. What else you got, guy? Johnny, Johnny fuckhead. Johnny boys, with a Z. Johnny boys. Is this multiple Johnnies or just one Johnny? I don't know, but the other thing too, just to kind of like tack onto the end of that, 
is that it's the idea that he didn't learn anything from his whole experience in dealing with Simon before. The thing that it's interesting about that is he tells them he was like, he's like, I tracked that maniac for two years chasing him across California, you know, and it's like the things that happens is basically all Simon's fault. You know, and I'm not sure if he's not necessarily related to the mini mall thing, but uh, there's the clip, and it's one of the best clips, like ever in like the in this movie, is when he's carrying the girl on his shoulders, like Lenina and the other people are watching the clip of like old newsreel footage of Spartan and like things that he did, because the old cop Zach. He's like, you know, he's like, Spartan was, he was an amazing dude, man. Like, he tracked Phoenix for like two years and finally caught that guy, you know, and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, well, let's see what's up with Spartan. And there's that clip where he's got the girl on his shoulders. He's walking out. He's like covered in like explode, you know, like remnants from the explosion and ash and everything. And the news reporter walks up to him and she was like, how do you justify blowing up a $7 million uh, mini mall to rescue a girl whose ransom is only $25,000? And she looks at the reporter and goes, fuck you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one the, and then, uh, and then Stallone's like, good answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it's like... That's like, but that's like, that's the thing is like, he has the reputation of being a demolition man, but you know what? He, yeah, the ball might've blown up, but you know who got to live her life? That little girl. Yeah. It's worth way more than $7 million. Yeah. And it's like, but that's the thing. Is Ask like, any real life parent that's had a kid that missing that they can never find or murdered that's never been able to find a murder, what they would actually pay if they had it to have their kids back or know what happened to them. And it's worth way more than $7 million. I can pretty much damn sure guarantee you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, fuck that's... Fuck that mall. Yeah, fuck that mall. If that little girl lives, it's like, you know, you can rebuild the mall. You can't rebuild a life. Blow up 100 malls for one girl. I don't care. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> if we learned anything from Dark Knight, it's everything burns. Everything burns. Fuck, yeah. Fuck that shit. That shit means nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like you're and that's part of the thing is that like sometimes and that's maybe some sort of a commentary on society that the news reporter is more worried about what happened to the mini mall than the little girl <laughs> you know i would say what is this fox news but then i could say what is this nbc news what is yeah. this cnn what is, it just never fucking ends with the <laughs> yeah. agendas stop it yeah life's more important let's worry about life again and yeah. this, this isn't political, but that's just straight up. That should be just common sense. Let's worry about life. Focusing on the wrong things. And stop worrying about all this bullshit that comes with life. Let's stop making things complicated. Let's worry yeah. about living. Right. And let's worry about living with other people. Let's, let's stop worrying about nuking North Korea. Let's see how we can get along with them. And if they don't want to get along, then yeah, we'll fuck them up. But we don't want to. That shit's... That's a drain on society. That's bringing. That's taking us back. Right. We don't want to do that. And that's the thing. It's like <laughs> the, the thing I think about this movie is that some people say like, "See, this is what happens when you make 
you know, the world too liberal, you know, everybody is like, you know, everybody's a pansy, they don't know how to deal with violence and stuff like that. And it's like, there's some parts of their society that make sense. The idea that nobody's been murdered in 16 years, we should definitely strive to attain that. We don't want to see people get murdered, Nobody right? get murdered, you know? But to call their society a bunch of pussies because they don't know how to deal with a violent criminal, that should be a good problem to have. It's like, well, we, we don't really have violence, so we don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's good thing. Now, like, the, the control of people where they can't express themselves and everything like that. That's the bad that, part of it. That's the bad part of this. That, that everyone should be able to express themselves just like we, we're doing right now. We're expressing yeah. ourselves. And it'd suck if we couldn't say what we wanted to say. So that's the bad part. That's that's communism, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, because then you start getting to, like, 1984 and, like, what they were talking about in that book about, you know, this controlling the populace. Yeah, we can and, go deep down the rabbit hole, but we're yeah. not going to do that. We're just talking about demolition, man. Yeah. And we've hit on some politics in this one for some fucking reason. Yeah, because this has some political-type stuff in it. Yeah. Because there's some interesting stuff in here. But I think the thing where it says, like, and uh, having, you know, her experiences, what does Bullock's character learn about anything? At the end of the movie, the impression that I got was that the things that she thought about how life is supposed to be is not really that way. Because, like, like you know, Spartan kisses her at the end of the movie. And she was like, are all fluid transfers, like, this good? And he was like, better. And she was like, I look forward to that, you know. And she was like, oh, fuck. Well, if, like, kissing him is actually pretty good, I wonder what actual sex feels like. Without the fuck helmet, you know? Without the fuck helmet. I right. Mean, and, you know, you, you want life to be life, and that that's life. She finally is getting, a, she's being able to kind of live, because you can imagine, like, if they ever decided to do, like, a sequel of this, that, like, their society would start to change a little bit because of the shit that Spartan and Phoenix do. And FYI, it's a wake -up they call. could totally do a sequel to this. Yeah. Stallone could still do it, Bullet could definitely do it, Leslie Snipes, even, I know he dies, but... You know, things could happen as in the future. Maybe they cloned him. Yeah, I mean, I think they were trying yeah. to do that anyway in the movie. Um, but... Because uh, they yeah. have genetic engineering. They can engineer babies. Yeah, so they could actually have another Simon thing. Well, so Snipes could still do that. Yeah, and just be it where like, he's just like a... He's maybe like a, a clone that has like aged differently. What's your you thoughts know? on a recast of this movie uh, in modern times? Uh, let's see. If you're going to, if you're going to recast like the main characters, so it's like, let's see, Spartan. Who could be John Spartan now? I'm gonna say Tom Hardy. Tom. Yeah. Okay. I can John see that. John Spartan, right off the top. Um, let's see, who could be Simon Phoenix? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> he could be in everything now. Um, yeah, you could, you could make a Michael B. Jordan or, um, oh God, I just had it and I forgot. You could, shit, I just thought of it. Now I can't remember the guy's name. Anyway. Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah, Donald Glover could probably do that too. Um, and then... Let's see, who would be Lenina? Emma Stone. Emma Stone. You just want to put Emma Stone like every movie. You're just cheating now because you're like, Emma Stone no, okay, could be okay, in every okay, movie. Okay, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, yeah, okay, I could see that. Um, 
You know, you know who I think would be really interesting for something like that. Amy Poehler. Uh, <laughs> no, what I was thinking was uh, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. We give her a role like that. Let's see if you can do it. Yeah. Let's get this shit going. Get yeah. You're not on that Nickelodeon shit anymore. Yeah. We're taking you to a new level. <laughs> right. You're gonna be in a movie with Tom Hardy and Michael B. Jordan. Right. And we're gonna have uh. Jonah Hill play Rob Snyder's character. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, who would play uh, uh, Benjamin Bratt's character? The, like, Huxley's kind of, like, good buddy? Like her, her little sidekick guy? Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> He's not doing shit right now. Yeah, that could totally work. That would work, Because yeah. I get those guys confused all the fucking time. <laughs> That should be that should be like a thing. It's like, was this played by Benjamin Bratt or Luke <laughs> Phillips? <laughs> it's like a quiz you take online. It's like, oh fuck, that was Bratt. I thought oh, that was Phillips. Shit, damn it. Because oh. honestly, when I was watching that movie, I was like, that's not Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the only one who has that fucking problem, Steve. Oh my god. <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think so. If you get Lou Diamond Phillips and Benjamin Bratt confused, email me because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that gets their, their, those faces confused. They're very similar. Yeah, I would give you that. They're they're pretty close. Uh, you know, there, there's some other actors that are like that where they they look similar, uh, but. I'm trying to think, like, who else Who else would be, like, important on the cast? You could... The Warden, he's not really that important, because, like, Simon just kills him, like, early on in the movie. Uh, Those are really almost the only important people. Who do you think could be uh, Raymond Cocteau? <laughs> Raymond Cocteau. Let's see. Because you need, like, kind of, like, a... You gotta have an older guy. Um, what about... Like, Gary Oldman could do that. Or Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. That yeah, Michael Keaton would Michael be pretty Keaton. good in that. Yeah. Um, you could. Yeah, that could that could black yeah, work. Let's get Michael Keaton. Um, let's see. Who would be the police chief? Does you need kind uh, of like this? Okay, yeah, like yeah. really like uptight ooh, bald ooh, great guy. Great idea. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. <laughs> Just make him bald and give him the glasses. Uh, or Bald Willis. Paul Lewis. Nah, he's too cool to be that guy. Uh, yeah. Paul actually too cool to be that guy, too. Let's yeah. See. He uh, needs the guy who's kind of like an uptight, like... J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Oh, that could work, yeah. <laughs> you can make him that guy as the yeah, uptight yeah, yeah, police yeah, chief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that could totally work, okay. Um, okay, who would be um, a Spartan's old uh, helicopter pilot buddy on the force? Zach. Zach Lamb, oh, the 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 because uh, you have to have a younger version of him, then you have to have like an older man version when he's older. As Spartans, like Zach, this is like Lamb, like dude, you're a badass pilot. You know who would be who would be that guy? Denzel. Denzel, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Denzel, Denzel could totally do that. <laughs> and then you could have like a younger version of him. Uh, that could be Donald Glover. <laughs> it could be Donald Glover, Donald Glover, and Denzel. Damn, I'd watch a movie. About them two. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's actually just one guy. Like It's just younger. one guy. It's just about him aging into Denzel. Right, yeah. As I, he gets I older. I watched that movie. Yeah. Because, you know, like, like young, like, male black actors, don't don't they aspire to be like Denzel when they get older? Because then, 
I, I mean, think the, I think male white actors might even aspire to be. Yeah, there's too. people that are like, you know what? I want to be like Denzel when I grow up. It's like, yeah, but you're white though. So. <laughs> what is what what, is what, what does acting stop, have stop to do with racist. color? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Denzel's like one of the greatest actors of a generation. Right. If not of all time. Yeah, with up there with Leonardo DiCaprio and. Daniel Day Lewis, but he only does like a movie every like six years or something. And Tim like Robbins. A... <laughs> yeah, of course, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins is the Shawshank GOAT. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. And Tenacious D. Right. <laughs> Oscar winning performance. Like, I just, eventually we're just going to have like a Tim Robbins podcast and be like, <laughs> this like, is the... this, like, this is the Tim Robbins podcast. What are we talking about today? It's like uh, Bull Durham. <laughs> it's like, okay. okay. Now the big question is. Who could play Auntie Phoenix? <laughs> Auntie Phoenix? Oh, God. Uh, this goes back to the Aunt Vader thing, huh? Okay, so first, fuck you, Steve, for bringing that back. Because, uh, you know, we, we can't make mistakes. Call Anakin Skywalker Aunt Vader. <laughs> um, I thought Oprah. <laughs> Oprah? Uh... If, if, if Oprah could act crazy enough to be, <laughs> like, Simon Phoenix's aunt, that could make sense. Um, uh, let's see. Who else could do that? Pam Grier. Pam Grier. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Um, I was trying to think of, like, I think she was on, like, The View, but I can't remember her name. <laughs> Uh, I've never watched The View. Can't think of Whoopi it. Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> not she, her. she was on The View, right? Uh, she's on The View, yeah, but not the lady that I'm talking about. Or maybe it's a different, like, because people at work watch this, and, like, I just happen to catch it. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I catch every episode. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, uh, okay, let's give you an easier one. Okay. We'll play Aunt Spartan. Aunt Spartan. Uh, My answer is Roseanne Barr. Roseanne. Oh shit, that would be awesome. John Spartan's aunt would be Roseanne. That would that could probably work. Or uh, Jane Lynch. Oh yeah, yeah. That could work. Brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. They 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 really need to put Jane Lynch on the the new Roseanne reboot. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, Jane Lynch is awesome. Yeah, okay. Jane Lynch is awesome. So we have a little experiment at the end of the show. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Steven has an idea, so you know what this means. Yeah, it could be a disaster. Might not be. We're going to try it anyway. Fuck but, it. We're doing it live. <laughs> it, it, yeah, this is live. This is unrehearsed. And what it is is going to be kind of like a Model UN thing. Okay. You've ever you've ever watched one of those? Uh, Model UN? No. Yeah. Uh, basically, what that is is like how people uh, come together, like mock UNs, mm -hmm. and discuss how they're supposed to make their countries better, like trades, globalization, and stuff like that. Oh, okay. We're gonna do that, but not in the United Nations. Inside the United States. Okay. There's two cities in particular, inside the United States. That I have certain resources for, and with the one that I'm going to hand John's random, and the one that I'm going to get's random. Okay. And pick. Okay. Uh, let's get this one. Okay. Okay. So. Uh. All right. <laughs> so what'd you get? I got the the Ohio Browns. 
What the fuck? Well, the state, the state of Ohio. Okay. And the Cleveland Browns. Okay. So you have resources on your list, mm-hmm. and I have resources on my list. <laughs> so you're going to try to make your Browns better by trading off some of your resources for some of my resources. Okay. Okay. So the, this is this like a like a NAFTA <laughs> like trade agreement shit. This is this is very interesting. Yes. Okay. So what do you have on your list? Okay, the first thing I have that I would uh, that I would trade would be LeBron James. <laughs> okay, the only person I have to trade is Michael Jordan. Yes, I get Mike. No, I'm not. Fuck, Michael Jordan. You have to give me more than LeBron James. Oh. Okay, well, okay, so we have 200 goats. You can make a lot of milk with that. Wait, you have 200 goats? 200 goats. And LeBron James. And LeBron for Mike, and then what do you have as a farm animal? Uh, let's see. I have... We're going to put this in a time capsule, by the way, so future generations will know how to do shit in the future. I have 200 cows. 200 cows. Okay, cool. We'll do that. No, not yet. No, I'm not oh. talking about 200 cows and Michael Jordan. Oh. 200 goats and LeBron James. Okay. And I have to throw something else in. Okay, Jordan's I have... worth at least two LeBron Jameses. Uh, okay, what about four nuclear weapons? Four nukes, four missiles. I'll take it. Yes! Okay, so I traded worth you... Worth it. I traded, <laughs> I traded you Michael Jordan and 200 cows for LeBron James... 200 goats... 200 goats and, and four, four nuclear nukes. weapons... Okay, now I'm going to take those four nukes, and I'm going to nuke Cleveland. <laughs> Fuck, I lost! <laughs> you know what? At least we got to see some badass basketball until we until we were destroyed. Fuck this game, I lost. This is just like fucking Monopoly. Boardwalk, boardwalk and Park Place, my ass. I think you sucked a dick to get both of those. I think that I did the Browns fans a lot of favors. <laughs> You don't have whiny ass LeBron anymore, and you don't have a city anymore. So, see, you don't have to worry about winning anymore. It's a win-win because you don't have to worry about the Browns. Uh, you don't have to worry all your history. Raced all your history. Oh no, they already did that. It's called the Ravens. The Ravens. <laughs> They've won Super Bowls. We, we this this episode's not gonna play well in Cleveland. <laughs> Look, we love you guys in Ohio. We're not really a fans of the Buckeyes or the Browns or really the Bengals. Yeah. But, so the only good thing about Ohio is that that's where the uh, Hall of Fame is, the football yes, Hall of we Fame. Yes, love it. Yeah. And we love Drew Carey, so that yeah. should give us something. Isn't the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Ohio too? I don't know. I think it is. That's about the only good things there. And Drew Carey. Drew the Hall of cool. Fame. It's bad that y'all have a Hall of Fame and barely any of your people are in it. <laughs> All of your all of your people that would should be in the Hall of Fame are basically, you know, like Ravens players. We, we know, we know that that's not accurate because their history was given back to them when they became a franchise team. But let's be honest, the Ravens are what the Browns could have been with yeah. Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and oh, so good. Trent Dilfer. Beyond the hate, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I don't email us at. Because we'll do the Paul Brown Browns. <laughs> yeah. Be like, Paul Brown's Browns were the greatest team of all time. They won nine championships, and then they became this. <laughs> <laughs> the well, factory of sadness. 
Well, this has been Beyond the Hate in Ohio. Please don't hate us. Yeah, please don't hate us, Ohio. <laughs> we like Drew Carey. He's cool. <laughs> Yeah. We listened to the rest of the soundtrack and it was just garbage. This is like the best thing. Yeah. And I think there's trash cans in this. So. So did Metallica do part of this? Like did Lars do part of this? Lars did the drums for this. <laughs> This is the music that plays when you're late for work. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Fuck, I gotta get there. You wake up like three minutes before the, the, you're supposed to be there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck! You're like brushing right. your teeth in the car and shit. Or you wake up draft morning in your ground stand. Yeah. <laughs> the sense of impending doom. <laughs> yeah. 